We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's podcast. Danny Bragg, Brandon Sprague. It is a mailbag episode. We are back with mailbag podcasts after, uh, I don't even have my watch on, but I'm going to go ahead and say, oh, three weeks. Uh, my vacation, uh, the death of my body, and everything else in between has uh, prohibited us. But we are back. Uh, I would say better than ever, but that's not true. <laughs> we're, we're both recovering from getting kicked in the nuts. Um physically with colds and stuff and uh brandon it's gonna be back man it is it's nice to do a mailbag um i remember the the week after your honeymoon i i assumed okay the mailbag will be the restart and unfortunately mr covid stepped into the show yeah. and said guys not so fast you're gonna take another week off um we've had a few pre-posts and live shows but uh it's nice to get the mailbag back there's a lot of questions to get through yeah i think we have like 30 something questions that came in Woo! uh there's quite a bit uh so if for anybody wondering if i sound differently yes it's because i'm still recovering um i'm i'm negative across the board but this is the lingering effects of getting my ass kicked by covid <laughs> so uh thank you all to any returning listeners if you're new uh, we love you. We appreciate you. We love all of you. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Share us with your friends, your family. Help us grow the show. Help us grow the podcast. Uh, if you're watching on the replay on YouTube, if you haven't already subscribed, please roll over and subscribe. If you want to be a part of the community, you can become a member uh, for $2.99 a month. Uh, that gets you into all of the raffles. That gets you into live watch parties. That gets you uh, all the other swag that we're going to get doing. Um, basically, I'm just going to keep it at that, and I'm just going to keep adding stuff to it So until um, that's no longer feasible to do it. But... Uh, We've already got a ton of you uh, as part of the community. And again, thank you so much. Without further ado, because there are a ton, ton of questions. Number one, we have a ton of NBA draft questions Oof. because the pivot is coming. I mean, the uh, pivot's already there, is it not? Yes, I, I think uh, more and more people are, are getting there. So we'll get into more of those. But um, this is kind of like the topic du jour, not necessarily the, the tanking but I think the higher level stuff. And this from Keegan Spendlove at Keegan Spendlove. I've seen people comparing Dame to DeRozan on the Raptors and how Portland should be open to trading him. I don't get this take at all. Is there anyone we could swap for Dame to make this team a championship contender? Unless he asks, I never want to see him in a different jersey. And I think a lot of this, and this isn't this is going to sound kind of a dick move, stems from the discussion that came around around Jason Quick. To discussing possibly putting Damian Lillard on the trade market. The idea of you have to be open to everything, which 
I'll say up front, I'm not entirely against. I don't think there's a phone call right now that you can't take that's serious. But, but, I don't think you can entertain deals for Damian Lillard unless it's so far over the top that you're like, okay, I'll listen. You're not, you're not doing the um, Kawhi Leonard, DeMar DeRozan situation. Like that's that's not the deal you're looking at, because you're still it's still Dame, and you don't have the second guy who's probably going into the Hall of Fame in Kyle Lowry alongside Dame, so it's it's kind of got to be the other way around. But even more than that, Brandon, I have said this and I will remain steadfast in this: you keep Damian Lillard as long as you can keep Damian Lillard for. Period. Point blank. Yeah, I mean, you know, the first part of that it's it's not a DeRozan situation whatsoever mm-hmm. um part of the DeRozan problem was just that he wasn't a clear number one and every year he ran into LeBron who clearly is and there was a one position that if you could just get better that was the thing with that roster that might take them over the top see Kawhi Leonard becoming available that's kind of a no-brainer you don't have that right now in the market you're not pointing around the NBA and saying you swap out Dame for X and the team's going to get better. This roster's not built that well. It's not just Kyle Lowry, by the way. He's probably a Hall of Famer. Marcus Saul, Hall yeah. of Famer, was on Serge Ibaka was a, was a, a viable player. Pascal Ibaka, Siakam uh, made yeah. his ascendancy. Let's not forget Norman Powell was a viable player. They hit their part. two picks in Fred Van Vliet and yeah. OG and Anubi. Like, that was a team, Pascal Siakam, everything that we just mentioned. A lot of dudes on that team. It was a very, very good basketball team. I know Kawhi gets a lot of that credit, but that was a really good ready-made team. Portland's not in that position. If you trade Damian Lillard, you are all in on a full rebuild. My pushback on the Dame trading stuff is you don't trade him. You wait for him to, you know, publicly ask out because I don't trust this team to do a full-on rebuild without Damian Lillard. Now, if they're put in a position to have to, that's different. But you do not force that issue because I don't trust this organization to make a smart move with that trade. So you do what you can to build alongside Dame, in my opinion. Yes, and that I think is the, the most important factor is I don't trust anybody to make the, the necessary move with him and then with the assets that would come with him. Because listen, And then that's not a shot at Joe. That's more a shot at the top. I, I just I, I don't want franchise-altering moves. And not to say that trading CJ McCollum isn't a franchise-altering move. It is, but it's not. Like, it's, it's just yeah. the, the thing that needs to happen. Damian Lillard is on your Mount Rushmore. That's a franchise-altering move. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I'm with you, Keegan. I, I don't want to see him in a different jersey. Uh, the only the only way I let Damian Lillard go is if he forcibly comes to me, if I'm Joe Cronin or I'm Jody Allen or, or Burke Hold, whoever it is, and he says, I want out. And then he has to go public with it. I like that you assume he goes to Jody at all. <laughs> he has said he has had those discussions with her a couple times. Yeah, yeah, so I think he'd go to Joe. I think Joe'd be his guy in that situation. I would imagine. Back in the day when he had a relationship with PA, I would imagine he would go to PA with that. Yes, I think that's that's the Agreed. difference. Uh, I want to divert here real quick after going to that because this is this is a question I got in, in a lot of different forms. Um, you saw what happened in Houston the other night, right? Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, Christian, Christian Wood. Wood and Kevin Porter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jeremy Cricklow at Strife asks, with the explosion that's happening in Houston right now, what does Portland need to give to get Wood? The dum dum Um, nothing. 
we are talking. Listen, I, I I like Christian Wood. I really like him. I thought he had outgrown some of the stuff that I heard behind the scenes. Not a great sign. Now it's very very difficult when you're losing to get caught up in this stuff, especially on a a, a, long, a young losing team. Kevin Porter Jr. is very much trending in the NBA path version of of Antonio Brown. Very troubled, mistake prone, emotional outbursts, needs real help. I've talked to a lot of people behind the scenes, both in Cleveland and at USC. He needs help. Like he's, he needs to be reined in and taken care of before he's out of the NBA. That's a real thing. Christian Wood, it's more of a, yeah, it's not a, it's not a great thing. The, these things have popped up in the past before, having issues with coaches. I say all of this to say, what is Portland's major malfunction right now? Is it is it attitude and chemistry and giving a damn? Yeah, I'd like to not add volatile people to that situation. So, yeah, as much as I like Christian Wood, I after that I was kind of like, unless the buying price is real low, in which case Portland should be willing to take risks. What if it was Nurkic for him straight up? Done. Because it's an expiring for it's Houston, expiring you're done day. with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If that's if that's it, done, done. I'm not throwing additional capital. It's not going to be more than one piece. It's not going to be a first nope. round pick. Like the risk value for Portland is already gone. Like they just so. But in general, this is where the whole culture thing that they touted for so long, which was mostly BS. It was mm-hmm. Terry and Tame keeping things under wraps and under control and knowing how to handle things, um, which is kind of crazy. You think about it now, as bad as things are, what have we not heard a single bit of? Anything out of the locker room? No, not like a lot of confrontation, a lot of screaming and shouting. You've seen some stuff with Larry, but you haven't heard anything behind the scenes. Which I love, by the way. I, I love that from Larry. Um, are, are you are you willing to give anything extra for, for a no. guy who may have a no. little bit of, of issue? I like Christian Wood. Actually, I'm I'm really high on Christian Wood. I was I was really disappointed to see that report and to see that happen. That I guess Lucas called him out at halftime and a well respected guy, John Lucas the third. Very well respected. Um, to to see kind of that that play out, it's really unfortunate for KPJ because now you start to wonder where his future is going to be. Um, and Christian Wood, I mean, that was a guy that had an opportunity to prove that he was getting past some of this stuff. Uh, you know, quickly from Detroit to Houston, making an impact statistically, but that team's been terrible. He was playing was, in China three years ago. I, I, yeah, I know you think you'd have that kind of perspective to rein that in and just roll with it and say, whatever, just ignore somebody if they're annoying you that way. But um, neither one of these dudes could do it. So no, outside of giving up a Nurkic straight across, I ain't adding anything for that. Brian Turner at Skidplate 09. What is the likelihood that the Blazers lean into the tank, Brandon? Oh, I think we're a week away. That's I it. Think, I think the next th- – well, I mean, Danny, picture this. They lose the next three games, which they might They might not. It's Cleveland, They might get one. They might get Miami, one. Miami, it's uh, – who's the third one? Is it Sacramento? So you've got Atlanta, Cleveland. Oh, Atlanta. Thank Miami, you. and actually I think it is Sacramento after that. Yeah, so those are your next right four. You lose three or, or all four of those – I, I don't think it's out of the realm for them to finally face the music and yeah. say, okay, at that point you're 13 or 14 and 25, 26. So, you ain't coming back from that. What do you got? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. They have lost 11 of their last 13. 
And if they lose the next three, 14 of 16. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I think it, it kind of goes to more the timeline you threw out uh, maybe just a little under a week ago of if Dame can get past Clyde, and I, I, you know, him putting up a lot of shots and trying to maybe. He's been putting up 30 pieces. If he can keep doing that, he breaks it a lot sooner. Uh, that puts him in a spot where I think he finally goes, okay, I'm getting the surgery. We're not good. Let's blow this up to a certain degree and, and let's see what we can do this summer. I say check back January 23rd. Well, here's the other part, um, you know, to throw on. If they, if they do decide to go that route, one, I, I will rejoice. I know it won't be fun for viewership. I, I get all that stuff. But yeah. it's the smarter move for the organization. At this point, you need to be operating that way and not how can we be a fringe playoff team. If Dame is fully committed, and I have no reason to believe he's not, but if he goes into the summer, he gets the surgery, I know it's really late, but I legitimately am hoping that he just stays patient and he works with this organization to allow them the opportunity. I know they're late to it. You should never have let Nick got this gone that long. Mm-hmm. But I really hope that he doesn't allow watching Giannis maybe do it again or watching Harden finally win a ring or whoever, fill in the blank, win a championship to get into the back of his mind. I thought it was huge when Giannis did it of this was hard, you know, doing this. I yeah. think that kind of reaffirmed his belief. I hope no matter how bad this gets, he goes into the offseason and he allows the organization a proper summer of let us go all in, put the chips in the middle, 
and build this thing as, as best we possibly can. Let me make all the moves we need to make. Yeah. And in coming with that, it means tanking. Yeah. Um, I, I say January 23rd because that's when they get back from that six-game road trip. So they have Atlanta, Miami, Cleveland, Sacramento. Remind, reminder, Sacramento, as bad as they have been, have beat the Blazers twice. Uh, once in Portland, once on the road. Miami might have their guys back by then. Cleveland looks to be playing better. Atlanta, their offense is still insane. Their defense doesn't matter because Portland's offense hasn't been great either. But then Portland goes out on a six-game road trip. 13th at Denver, 15th at Washington, 17th in Orlando, 19th at Miami, 21st at Boston, 23rd at Toronto. Ugh. Notice it's not a good road team. Did you notice what what's what's happening there? It's a game every other day. And it's it's kind of when you think about it, it's all over the map. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's down Denver it's east, to Washington to Orlando to Miami <laughs> to Boston to Toronto. Yeah, that is yeah, no thank you. It sucks. They do this road trip every year. It's usually broken up into um some version of this because it's usually they do the Florida and then they do Boston, Toronto. It's usually the East Coast to Florida hub is what they usually do. There. Yeah, but it's kind of funny because they usually skip like um, Charlotte and, and like the in-between regions or, or uh, Cleveland or something like that. But they go down low, then they go back up high. I don't know. It's really weird. But Is there any talk about when they're going to try to reschedule if they're the next game? I would imagine game. it would probably get stuffed in there. So it could be a seven-game trip. It's either that or they stuff it in the back end because I don't think either team is going cross-coast after the All-Star break. Yeah, I was just curious if the NBA was actually trying to be proactive on those or throw them in the back burner and say, we're probably going to cancel those games. It's supposed to be a Portland home game, too. It is a so Portland home so game. So maybe they run them. Maybe they do run the Nets back out. Let's take a look. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to open this up. This is live podcasting. That'll just fantastic. Right. Um, I don't, I, I remember talking to somebody who covers the nets and I could have swore they said that they're not coming back West again. Um, I think the NBA is really going to cancel some of these games, these postponed games. You don't, I mean, you don't need, if you had an 81 game season, whatever. Well, it's going to mess up with the playoff seating. That's the thing. Uh, I it mean, could. It will. So not I, I, I don't think, yeah, <laughs> Brooklyn are good. Um, they do come back out here at the end of January into February, but I think obviously Portland is on the road. Or actually, no, Portland is at home then. So they might. So try maybe to they that they, they do do that. Maybe they do keep them over. That's brutal. Because there's a five game road trip the Nets have January 29th to February 6th, <clears throat> and Portland. That's the time period where Dame would look to. Yeah, they will be there. So maybe they hold them over for a day. That'd be interesting. Huh. Okay. So, but all in all, it's, it's all weird, man. It's all really, really, really weird. I just, he, let's, let's take a look at a grand scheme. Brew Jones at Brew J. What's your ideal one to two year timeline look like with Dame? Also, what's your Dame ass out timeline trade look like to get us back into championship contention as fast as possible? What is your what is your optimal two year plan for Damian Lillard? If you're trading him, no, no, keeping him. I mean, get as creative as you possibly can. Um, your championship window is two years. Yes, and it, if you told me next year was really kind of it for Dame, like okay, you believe it. You got one more year, and then I'm probably going to bounce. I I think everybody's going to sit there and tell you, yeah, that sounds about right. I hope it's two years. 
it's it's really just going to depend on what you put around him this summer. And if you show on paper a good roster and then they can come out and play well, I think even if they get to just the second round again and get bumped in a year, that's going to maybe be enough to convince him to give it one more shot, especially if it's a very close second well, let's round Let's say it's a, it's a legitimate second round. Yeah, it's a legitimate second round against Golden State or Phoenix or something. Uh, I think that would be enough. Mm-hmm. But if you're another first and out or you're swept in the second round, I would imagine you got about one more year. Pack it championship, up. championship window, I think we need to be optimistic, but I, I think we also need to be honest. I don't know what the moves entail to truly make this team a championship-level team. Because if you're not going to go get Ben Simmons and you assume Philadelphia says, we don't want to do this Seth-CJ thing, wouldn't blame him. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be able to get Jalen Brown... I don't know what pieces are truly out there to bring in and say, you playing alongside Dame is going to elevate. You're, you're, you really are talking about swinging for the moon here. Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, Carl Anthony Towns finally has had enough of playing with Anthony Edwards and not being a good team. You need stuff like that to break your way because non-all-star piece moves are not going to be the thing that no. saves this team. It'll get them back to playoff respectability, but it won't make them a true contender and at this point, Dame deserves to play with a legitimate all-star option. I'll tell you my my one my one multiverse that I allow CJ McCollum to be on this team after the trade deadline. It is that they are turning into the skid full bore and they are tanking and they are fully one hundred percent committed to trading him in the offseason and they are hoping that Philly has their bluff called on Ben Simmons. And they let's say let's say the 76ers get to the trade deadline and Maury's still stuck there holding the bag. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons has already taken $10 million in fines. He does not care at this point. At least that has been the what we've seen be pushed forward by him and Clutch at this point, right? Right. Let's say Boston completely implodes. Here's what I think. I think there's some weird way where you can end up either with Simmons or Brown and keep that draft pick. Ooh, you, paint, the, paint the Boston picture for me. How you get Brown without giving up that asset. Everything else. Everything okay. else. Okay, so if you're Boston, you don't want probably Nas. Maybe you want Ant. Maybe you want Ant, but if you're taking CJ with Ant, it's kind of a double. Mm-hmm. I could see them not doing that. So if it's not, that's the thing. I'm trying to paint pictures in my head of these teams and who they would realistically take. Philly, I just, I, I don't think Philly's going to do this DJ thing. I really don't. I don't, I don't either. But again, if you're, if you're saying, if somebody's asking me to paint like the ideal timeline, that's the ideal timeline. It's one of these big wings yeah. that they, hell, let's say Pascal shakes free in Toronto. Yeah, that's one, an underrated one. One of these big wings shakes free. And you have to give up CJ, one of the young guys, and uh, a pick down the road. Whether that means removing the protections on next year's Chicago pick, not this year, the next year, because mm-hmm. the Blazers would have tanked and gotten a top three pick. And so now you've got Dame plus one of these big wings, whether it's Pascal, whether it's Ben, whether it's Jalen, and you've got one of Ben Carroll, uh, Holmgren, or Jabari Smith. Now you're cooking with gas. 
see, here's the thing. This is going to be con- You might not like this <laughs> based on what I've heard you talk about. If you're in a position to get one of those players, I think you need to trade it. Now, there's two things to this. If you're moving a top three pick with if you're CJ, moving that, yeah, it can't moving, be Ben. It, it, if you're moving, no, it has to be better. But if it, you're moving a Jabari Smith, mm, that you're gonna feel a certain way. You could be for that and still be like, damn. It needs to be a twenty-four and under star. Star. Well, and you also, I'm wondering if you're doing that. You have to know that Dame is staying committed to this. Are you having to give that extension? Yes. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, and that's why I would say I would I would aim for the lower, hope for the higher. Again, yeah. we're talking ideal. I don't think this is happening. Not in any way, shape, matter, form. Wait, what What part? Any of this. <laughs> the, 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 oh. tank, the tanking part I do, I think, is, is a real thing. But I think they're as- going to have a legit shot at being... A, a, a good percentage shot of getting a top three pick. I do too. I, they're I, that I, bad. They're, they're a very bad team, and I think that yeah. I think we may reach the point. Like I said, check back January twenty third. If over the next ten games they are just awful, let's say they go yeah. two and eight, it's shutdown time. My biggest problem, Danny, just continues to be I cannot and I have not gotten that low Pelton podcast out of my brain. They ran through everybody and it was just like, why would this team want CJ? Why would this team do that? Why would that? And I just mm-hmm. like, fuck, stop making good points on every player I like. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and then this is, again, not to uh, pop the old horn, but this is why trading CJ McCollum five years ago needed to happen. But it is what it is. All right. We've talked a little bit about drafts. So let's get into some of the draft stuff. Uh, this is from Rusty Shackleford at Rusty SH. A whole lot of numbers. Say we do get a top five draft pick. Is there anybody? Any, is there even anybody in the draft worth a damn that could actually help the team next year? What is what is this all for? Blow it up. Is there people in the in the draft that can help this team next year? Yes. Yes. Will they be the best player on the team? No. Could they be the second best? Maybe. Would they be a third best? Probably. I'm pretty confident and confident in that both Ben Carroll and Smith would be viable. No BS, rookie of the year candidates who put up tremendous production. So if you if you got to that point, I agree with you on on Smith and Benchero. But um, if you get to that point, I think that that's another look in the mirror moment for Dame. Right? Is is Dame going to be willing to say the odds in the history of this league suggest rookie year dudes as good as LeBron on down? You're going to hit a wall and. It, and that's Ultimately, why that guy's got to be that third best. He can't be the second. Right, but but even then, relying on him to, I think, the whole season in the playoffs, I think you have to tell yourself, you're two and three that you're more aiming towards. Are you able to do that if you're Dame? Are you willing to get to 34, 33, 34, 35 and say, at that age, I'll be older. I won't quite be that dude, mm-hmm. but I'll still be so good from the perimeter that if this kid can really come into his own. Take a little bit of that burden. You get to play a little Chris Paul to a Devin Booker in mm-hmm. terms of the age gap. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's kind of what you would be looking at right there. And so that's I think that's kind of a a way that you do it. But yes, are there guys that are there? It's it is what it is. And Joel, just Joel at Mr. Yolis, what would you expect from a draft pick in the event we don't get any better? Offensive firepower between those two guys, Smith and Mangero. Yeah. 
There's there's no doubt about it. Wings uh, who can get shots. I mean, they're both six foot ten. Bancaro's better at putting the ball down on the floor. Uh, Jabari is a better shooter. Um, they're both tremendous shooters. Chet has unicorn potential, major defensive impact. Offensively, I'm not quite sure of how good he can or can't be yet. I just I don't have a feel for him. Defensively, I think he's leading the nation in blocks. He's a massive, massive, massive rim protector. He moves fluidly enough to where he's not, and this isn't to be a knock, he's he's not Gobert in the sense of like where he wants to be at the rim all of the time. He can move out a little bit more. Um, but it's also a matter of how, of how good you know rim protection is when your perimeter defenders aren't great to begin with. How, right. how viable is that? So, um, as we've kind of seen with Yusuf Nurkic, who has had mixed reviews uh, as far as a rim protector. But I'm not as sold on Chet as I am the other guys. The defensive potential is there. Like, he's no, no doubt. I just don't know how high the ceiling is yeah. on his offensive potential. Uh, That's important. Which, yeah, it matters. Sean Walsh at Sean P. Walsh 77. Let's say the Dame trade happens. Is there any possibility of getting a young, high-potential player? And he lists guys like Ball, Edwards, Cunningham, etc. Or are we looking more to, at a bolus of picks and expiring contracts? Listen, mm. if that worst-case scenario happens and Dame forces his way out, I want at least one blue-chip player. One blue-chip player. The okay. history's not on our side for this stuff, by the no, way. No, it's not. The dra- you, you, in these trades, you always end up losing them because you're talking about a proven commodity a guy that would probably go and make a team even better. Um, and then the other team just is willing to take on a lot of um, hope, basically. Yeah. And this is where I'd, I want the Paul Georgia deal and not the uh, James Harden deal. I want Shea and a pile of picks. Mm. That's that's what I want. Shea's a stud. So you get a third team involved to get Dame to a contender. You jump in and you get the benefits of Oklahoma City, basically. I'm not saying that just to say, like I'm just using him as an example. Oh, like, okay, I want. Okay. Oh, oh, Oklahoma City. I want their statue. deal yeah. they got for, yeah, 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 for, for Paul yeah. George young versus stud. what Houston got for Harden. Who's the young? Do you have an, an idea of the young stud given uh, the teams I, involved? I don't know. That's the thing is, I like, can look at it and the names that are out there. Obviously, are Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram. You know. <clears throat> Tyrese Maxey doesn't do enough for me. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I just—I don't think he's that guy. Yeah, you're not that guy, pal. Um, but I just look at that and I go, "That's—that's that's what I want." I just—I don't—I don't know if that's a reality. I—I mm-hmm. I don't know if that is a a real possibility with the way. The league is currently set up, and who's available and who's not, and who would be who has the right assets to make that work. It would you would have to get very very creative in my mind to make that that dream a reality. Yeah. So, uh, another one from Joel, just Joel, Mister Joel is, how do you rate Chauncey? It's hardest players uh, fitness front office and height has been an issue, but thoughts and prospects. I'll just go on this one, Brandon. Through what 30, 35 games now, how has Chauncey Billups? Looked. How has he stood up? How has he rate for you? Uh, he's going on what his third or fourth missed game now here with COVID stuff. Yeah, he'll be back Scott, now. Um, has he cleared? Uh, yeah, he cleared earlier today. Okay, I saw Scott had gotten it. Um, I, I'm not that impressed. I mean, I I'm not going to sit here and blame the whole season on him. Um, that was pretty evident to see this roster not really change a whole lot to come to it and think it was going to be better or different with Chauncey, who had never coached, versus a guy who did. 
didn't really understand that thinking. Uh, but from what I've seen, he's brought zero impact defensively for them. And uh, he's made him worse offensively because of his, of his uh, reluctancy to just run what Dame is great in. <laughs> so, you know, there's a learning curve to this stuff. It's not to say that he can't get better whatsoever. But if I was to be honestly grading him or just give thoughts, I- I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not that impressed. I would have rather had Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, I think I'd land. I always landed on not necessarily anti Chauncey, but more of like, why are you going with a first year coach? That was always my my pushback. And for all the people like, oh no, we don't, we, you don't need to see any retreads. It's like, okay, well then fill out the assistants with guys who have a ton of experience. You know, like the best teams in the league have, whether it be the to Nets. call Mike a retread is pretty disrespectful to how good Mike D'Antoni's. Been, yeah, yeah, he's coached multiple you know Hall of Famers. Uh, yeah. Not only multiple Hall of Famers, multiple MVP winners. Through his he had offense. two bad runs with two organizations that honestly have been a shit show outside of LeBron agreeing to join one. Mm-hmm. But the New York Knicks and the Lakers have been awful. Not well. Not well run. Yeah, poorly run franchises. Yeah. So, and actually, he did well with the Suns franchise that's poorly, poorly run. Did very well in that situation. Yeah, <laughs> so Gave uh, us Steve Nash. <laughs> and, and did the same thing, honestly, in Houston when Fertitta came in. So Yes, he did. You know, um, he's actually done well. Uh, He's helping look Nets. At it, uh, yeah, I mean, and you look at at at, at the the best teams in the NBA. Not only their 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 head coaches, it's their assistants, the Blazers' assistants. And I don't mean to like make this sound bad to these guys. I'm glad they're getting opportunities. I'm glad they're getting shots. But that Scott Brooks was their lead assistant was kind of a joke. Yeah, legitimately. And then you look at you know everybody they brought in was basically a first year or uh, only a couple years. Uh, and this and this isn't to take shots at, at, at those guys. It's just go look at the Blazers coaching staff and then compare it against the Warriors, then compare mm-hmm. it against the Bucks, and compare it against the Nets, compare it against the Suns. Uh, the the Suns are you know assistant coaches are getting poached to become head coaches in Willie Green. Like there's there's a reason why these teams that are very successful have these very good staffs. Portland just hasn't done that. They haven't they haven't been willing to spend the money. And that's yeah. You want to talk about an organization being cheap? That's one that Portland has consistently been cheap on. Is so. that I was going to say? Is that one area, or is it just personnel decisions by Chauncey deciding to bring? So, like Roy Rogers, he worked with in L.A. I think there's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Because I mean, if, if Mike D'Antoni ended up becoming a uh, consultant anyways, after not getting the head coaching job, you're telling me you couldn't get him? Yeah. Here. And it's that. For me, I, I I rate Chauncey's an incomplete just because I thought this this roster didn't make any damn sense and didn't matter what coach you threw in there. And lo and behold, da 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 da. Guess what? It didn't matter. Shocking, I know for some people out there. That's I just give him a little. I I I, I hear you, and I I think I'm largely agreeing with you. I just I'm I'm kind of forcing myself to give an honest kind of yay or nay. Mm-hmm. And while, again, a lot of this is out of his control, I haven't always been the most encouraged watching him coach. I'm not discouraged, but I'm not encouraged either. I think that's a, a bigger indictment. Is I'm, I'm more ambivalent. You want to feel like you got the right... Like, Boston yeah. right now was wondering, did we get the right guy? Yeah. Like, I I don't... As, I don't know if, if Chauncey's the right or the wrong guy. But I haven't seen anything that shows me he's the right guy. No. No. So... Um, yeah, I go back and forth on it, but uh, I'm cheating and giving you an incomplete. But right now, like if the semester ended, I forced it. He'd have to take. The, he'd have to take the class again. Um, that's 
that's usually a bad thing. That's right. usually not like it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a good thing. Like you just haven't seen enough work, and I think this is the, this right. is a part that kind of plays into it. Connor Strong at Constrong fourteen. Does this team at full strength honestly win any of the games they, they've been losing? I don't think so. Maybe one or two. Yeah. Oh, I, I think there's a few games in there they probably end up. I mean, they ended up winning the Memphis game somehow. I still can't wrap NBA. my brain around that. You can, you yeah. can win on any given night. It's a, it's just the, it's the league is dumb. That's I don't believe Ja was back at that point either. No. Um, but, you know, that was a nice little win. There's probably, yes, a couple of games. Are they 13 and 22? No, at full strength, but they're probably like 15 and. They maybe I don't know, pick 15 up two. and 20. Yeah. They maybe pick up two. I, I think that's kind of where I've, I've, I've kind of ended up on this. We watched them play like absolute dog shit before CJ unfortunately got the lung thing. And Nurkic was out with COVID. Like we had watched this team piss us off too many times going into that. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, the COVID thing. I was like, oh no, it just interrupted such a, a swell run of play. <laughs> right. That wasn't the right. case. Like they were playing like trash. they were under five hundred when they were there. Yeah. So, um, and with that, uh, Mike Dennis at Banker Mike seven four seven. The question that really needs to be asked: Do they give a damn? I was having this discussion with a friend of mine uh, yesterday. And I was like, I think I hate this team more than I hate the GL Blazers. In the sense of like actual basketball. Because even though they were a bunch of knuckleheads and they said a bunch of stupid stuff, they put on an entertaining brand of basketball even though they sucked. And they cared. Even when they said they didn't. Even when Bonzi said, uh, I don't care about you. They still cared on the floor. They still performed. They weren't good. I thought they cared more. I look at this team and uh, talking to a few people around the league, one the thing that has been most prevalent is that they aren't even mad at each other. Like Boston, you've got guys like fighting in the locker room and stuff like that. Like there's there's fight. There's no fight in this team. Like not even mm-hmm. internally. And I think that kind of bothers me. Well, I mean, we we've already 35 games into the season, Danny. We've seen Boston have team meetings. We've seen Sacramento have team meetings. Like you've had their head coach said, if you, if you need me, I'll be home drinking. In I, a I just press conference. Yeah. I mean, but th- these teams, you know, one of those, I don't expect to ever be taken seriously in Sacramento. Like for those teams to just publicly say, we're having a team players only meeting like, and Portland's just sitting here going, oh, shit. That's the part of that, the that does bother me. The, 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 the writing is on the wall and guys are just waiting to be traded. But see, what's, uh, yeah, I mean, what bothers me about that, though, is just being okay with this, though. Mm-hmm. Like how you don't say, well, until that happens, because you don't, it could happen in the next week, it could happen in the next month and a half. Like, there's still a lot of time until It might deadline. not happen. It might not happen either, which I think would piss a lot of people off, but it also wouldn't be the most. Also might piss some guys in that locker room off, because there are guys that want to be gone. Yeah, I mean, Larry Nance, we talked about him preseason. He went from Cleveland to come to Portland and play for a playoff team, and now he's not going to get that. Yeah. He went to a worse situation. Cleveland is better now. And Cleveland's home for him. Like, that's a dude. Honestly, I think there's a lot of players that if I'm any one of those guys, I'm trying to get the hell out of here. I, if I'm Larry, I'm telling my agent, get me out of here, please. If I'm Norm, I'm saying, dude, thanks for the contract. Get me out of here, please. Yeah. Like. And I, I think that could be a good thing for Portland because it, it basically boils down to Damian Lillard and some parts. You have all these other assets that you could use in potential moves and swings. And 
you know, relieving yourself of some of the cap, like mm-hmm. all of these pieces. You have to trade Nurk and Covington because they're both expiring. So Got to use those assets. Got to get something out of it. CJ, whether it's before the deadline or they just say, let us have one more year. We know this season sucks. And then in the summertime, allow yourself to get ready to be moved. He's got to be moved. Um, These are all things that I, if I was on that team, I I wouldn't want to be a part of this. You don't even care enough to talk about this. I want out. Yeah. I think that there's, there's a real version of that that's happening right now. Um, Keith Howe at J Keith Howe. I've gotten some version of this question. I I think this is kind of a, 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 not not kind of, it's a good question to understand trade value in that. How, how have the Blazers not made a single trade? That isn't the question that, is I think really important here. The second part of this, doesn't their player value go down every day they don't make a trade? No. I think because of fantasy sports and fantasy basketball and NBA 2K, we get caught up in trade machines in like the volatility of the trade market. A guy having a bad week or a bad month after having eight years of performance does not alter his trade demand or his trade value. Now, a devastating injury, that alters your trade value. Mm-hmm. An entire year where you can't hit anything alters your trade value. A week, a day, a month, hell, two, three months doesn't alter your trade value. It doesn't. Now, your coach, your other star player and MVP candidate throwing you under the bus in the press conferences following your unceremonious exit. <laughs> out of the playoffs, that'll lower your trade value. <laughs> but the idea of like each day, each passing week, lowering your trade value, no. No, because most, most scouts, yeah, most of these organizations, they know what you are. Yes. So um, now if you're talking about a 30-plus-year-old player like C.J. McCollum, every year you go, the value goes down. So – um, I, sh- I, I, I'll, I can look this up, but I didn't know if you top of your head, do you know how many years left he'll have after the season? Three. See now his, his numbers, his not new great. deal kicks, his new deal kicks in. It's a three year deal. It's a three year, basically average value, $33 million. His number's not great. I mean, it's going to get into the high thirties there, but yes. I think just the longer it goes on, the closer to the end of that deal, the easier it is for a team to swallow that contract and say, okay, you're, you're going to be done here in two years, so we can deal with it. Three is a bit much, but still. Actually, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. It, it, it is this year that it, the, the new contract was, was taking hold. I had it in my head because it's a big kicker. It, it's salary this year is 31. Yeah. It's 33 it, next year, and then it's 36 the year after that, and it's year 32 right. season. So... Um, I, I always get his and Dames mixed up because Dames kicks in next year. He's an interesting uh, just discussion, I think, in general of how he's going to age in this league because we know he can shoot the mid-range, but he's so reliant on his dribble. He's going to have to play almost Andre Miller-esque. Like, he's just going to have to be crafty, I think. Well, he's he been gets. a below-the-rim finisher for his whole career, too, which I think <coughs> excuse me, benefits him uh, a fair amount. I think his game's actually going to age okay because he didn't really play defense to begin with. And while he uses athleticism, he doesn't. He's not like Russell Westbrook in the sense of like when that first step burst completely goes, which we're starting to see signs of. Russ's ability to be effective is severely inhibited. Like mm-hmm. Derrick Rose completely evolved his game. Like he turned into a good shooter. 
He went yeah. from a non-shooter to not just like a passable shooter, but a damn good shooter. Um, I think that's the kind of thing where like CJ's a damn good shooter. He's one of the best mid-range shooters of the entire generation. I think his ability to be able to get to that spot is he's always gonna have like Jamal Crawford always had wiggle. Like CJ's always gonna have wiggle, and I think that's gonna be enough for him to be successful, even as he ages. And, and probably turns more into a sixth man. Yeah. Like, like if if you're asking me what I see CJ McCollum in year 33, year 34, year 35, it's a definitely sixth six man. man. Yeah. Like, come off the bench and, like, he'll win you some games in the regular season. There's no doubt about it. Hell, if he's coming off your bench deep in the playoffs, like he's your seventh, eighth man or something like that, you know that he can take over a game. Like, I think that's, right. those are the kind of things you're like, oh, that's, that's kind of terrifying. Um. There was a random question here from, from Nibble that I thought was kind of funny. Uh, Nibble, at Nibble underscore two by two, what would a good Trailblazers mascot look like? Our current one is microwave garbage. And mm. since we needed an organizational overhaul, we might as well start where it counts. What do you, what do you have against Blaze the Trailcat? Oh, I think it's awful. <laughs> I think it's one of the worst mascots in pro sports. Definitely reeks of uh, mid, mid-90s. Are they still trotting that thing out? Oh, yeah. No, he's still out. Oh, that's too bad. It's too bad. Uh, best mascot, like, without... I would say 35 years ago, it'd be, like, a really offensive mascot. I say nowadays, just to ignore all that stuff, just put a guy... Go old Golden State Warrior. Get a guy in a one red piece suit and have him just have, like, the, you know, the... Uh, the pinwheel somewhere all over just and have him be a high fly dunker guy. Yeah, because they had what was that guy? What was that the Warriors mascot's name? I forget the name of it, but I remember seeing it years and years ago and I'm like, you know what? At least that's just dope. I'll tell the you what, the, the Pacers, they have one of those guys. Um and he's the most explosive athlete I've ever seen in one of those mascot costumes. It's terrifying. <laughs> I was probably I, an ex pro athlete. Yeah, no, I was watching I was watching a Pacers game. This was last year, uh League Pass. And uh, the halftime show came on. He came out there, and I was like, "Holy crap! That guy's it's probably a like an freak. old cult." Yeah, no, like, like legitimately, <laughs> he's like five eleven. Like, it's like it's like putting Tyreek Hill in one of those mascot costumes. Like, you just put this wildly explosive human being in, you know, tights, and said, "Go." Well, do what would crazy you think stuff. of? You no, know, man. Uh, maybe you go away from the mascot in general. Do you so go I'll like give you Oregon, one my- Oregon Trail? Well, no, I was thinking my, my favorite baseball team has, I think, one of the cooler ideas. So the Atlanta Braves. Oh, I thought you were going to say Portland Pickles. Uh, no, but shout out to Pickles. We're big Pickles fans out mm-hmm. here. Um, the Atlanta Braves have a thing called the freeze. Mm-hmm. And so every game, they pick a rando out of the crowd, and you start on the third base foul line at the in the outfield. You start at that line, and you get like a 20-second head start, and the freeze is in a blue onesie skin tight piece you don't know who he is but he's a fast ass dude so what they do it's is actually do kenny lofton jr jr and it's basically yeah it's a track star and some guys get like if you look this you'll find people that are way ahead and they think they've won so they slow down they look behind them they see him and then they'll trip on those playing into the they get, they get usain bolted yeah just i i would maybe lean into that like go find a great athlete dress him up and do like competitions where you give him some kind of a head start. Have you seen Darnell Valentine lately? No. Former trailblazer. Great. We had him on outsiders. Um, Number one, the nicest human being on the face of the planet. My God. 
you, you would not think he's a real person because of how kind he is. Yeah. But I think he's probably in his late forties, early fifties and his quads have quads. <laughs> we, we, we found a, somebody in the studio had a card like from, from back in the day from like 80, 80, say 84, 85. Yeah. And short shorts. And like, he looks like a track star and he's still to this day, he's super jacked, but he's like, yeah, that was been my prime. Those are my, my legs looked good. I'm like, you look good now, man. It's, it's just pure insanity. It would be funny if they were just like, like found like old trailblazers and had them, you know, just come out in their own uniforms too. You know what I mean? Like your mascot, like your, I don't know if you call him a mascot, but like your blade of the night. It's like Terry Porter walks out with his 1992 jersey on. You know, it'd be great is if Terry Stotts come out with a beer. <laughs> that'd be the fun one i, I had i, had I think we try to mascots yeah i think you either get it right or you don't like phoenix went with a gorilla what the hell does that have to do with the suns i don't know there, there's a, there's a there's a story about that i can't remember how it goes but i think it was like a random thing and it just it, they, it was successful when they first did it and they're like screw it we'll, we'll run with it like um you've got gritty in philadelphia and you've got the right. Philly fanatic. Like they have, Philly has mascots down. Like they 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 have got that figured out. They don't have anything else in their in their lives figured out. But they have got mascots figured out. Portland. Just have the dancing lady be the mascot. I mean, she's. I mean, she's all anybody looks forward to. Portland. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had to work something in here. It was a little bit a little bit of fun. Um, Andy Quatch at NBA Quatch underscore excuse me at NBA underscore Quatch boy. This this one got me thinking, Brandon. And I this is like a perfect kind of hell. Um, so I appreciate Andy for this. If the Blazers is accidentally... Is it Quatch or is it Quack? Uh, Quatch. I actually... I, 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 I've answered one of his questions before. He said, shout out for getting my name right. So uh, Okay, because I have a, my, my wife's cousins, her last name, her her and all her brothers are all Quack, and it's spelled the exact same Okay. Way. Well, then, Andy, if you're listening Vietnam. again, let me know if, if it was just my nasliness or if I got it right. So um, if the Blazers accidentally tank and wind up with the sixth pick, shoot me now. Uh, who would you all take given Jabari Smith, Bancaro, Holmgren, Hardy, and Ivy all go on the top five? So, Brandon, that basically means you're not getting one of the unicorn unicorns, and you have the more traditional center in Jalen Brown, or Jalen Brown, Jalen Duran. You have Kendall Brown, who uh, took Oregon, balled him up, and stuffed him in the rim uh, at the PK tournament. Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., who is one of the 6'10 kids, who um, has looked very good at Milwaukee, but also playing in a smaller uh but at a smaller level, and then AJ Griffin at Duke. I think it's pretty much the group you're dealing with. All guys uh, that you're like um, sure, but but why? I don't I don't know enough about any of those players. But why? That's with you. Okay, that's I, fair. That's a. I think if you're getting outside of the unicorn level, get the hell out of there. Then then you package up CJ with the pick, and you're not. We'll we'll, we'll revisit this in three years and go. Yeah, no, we should have known it was. Should have known it was Patrick Baldwin Jr. You know, something stupid like that. I mean, there's always going to be a player that you yeah. look back and say, did you not just wait and take him? But I don't know if there's one, the way that there was in the 17 draft with how deep and, you know, varying his skill set there sure. was in that draft. I don't know if you're dealing with that same situation. No, but I also think at the top end of this draft is loaded. Absolutely yes. loaded. Yes. So, um, in that world, Andy, thank you for, for trying to ruin me, but... Uh, Brandon's skipping out, and I'm 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 gonna go with Baldwin Jr. That's that's my final answer for right now. Uh, I'll know more as we get closer to the end of the college season. <sighs> Host Radha, we'll end on this an uplifting note. At Host Radha, 
if Vulcan wants to sell a team, is that actually a good thing? I personally feel like I'd go either way, but I've been kind of seeing a lot of calls to have them sell off the Blazers. Brandon? Yes, 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 yes. I think you absolutely roll the dice, get a new uh, billionaire in here who like genuinely cares and loves sports and says, I want to be part of this exclusive club of ownership and get the hell out of here. Vulcans can have a good time. Good luck to you in future endeavors. Yeah. I want somebody who wants to own the team long-term and has a long-term plan. I don't want a five-year investment plan. I want a five-year, how do I build this team plan? Yes. I don't care about your pocketbooks. Nope. I don't. I want somebody who's like, this is their plaything. That's what I want. Yeah. I want them to throw all kinds of money at it. I want there to be a no expenses. And you hear about owners like, oh, the luxury tax did it. It's like, I, I don't feel bad for you. I don't. I'm not going to, so stop asking me to. What I'm asking you to do is give a shit about the civic duty that comes with owning a franchise, yep. which is putting a product on the floor that makes sense. I, I heard Kevin O'Connor talk about this on his on his podcast the other day. I think it was on The Void. Um, and him and I see very much eye to eye in this vein of, if you own a sports franchise, it is your duty to be able to compete for a title. And by that, that doesn't mean that you're going to win one. It is that you are doing everything in your financial duties to create a world where it is possible that if you do X, Y, and Z, you can compete. Yeah. And if you're not building towards that, you're tearing down from it so that you can build towards it again. And the fact that Portland got stuck on a cycle of not doing either was what has pissed me off for the last seven years. And I don't know if Jody Allen is committed to getting off that ledge because well, this I mean, ledge I'm, makes money. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that it's all about the money situation more so than it is. How good is this team? Is this team viable for being a contender? Um, she has shown zero, zero evidence that that's the case. So uh, not to, not to make it a, uh, a, a downer, but yeah, I, I definitely want the team to be sold, but I just don't think it's gonna be sold for a couple of years. Mm. This, from from all of the things that I have heard from people who are, are much better connected than I am on the business side of, of the NBA, uh, nobody expects it to happen for a while. So it'll be. I mean, if we get expansion this coming year randomly out of left field, then great. You listen, if expansion came sooner, which I don't think it is, because I don't think the the, the facilities would be ready in time. But if they did, listen, all for it. 100% for well, if they went to if they went to Vegas and Seattle, they have facilities ready. Yeah, but those won't be their their home homes. What do you mean? I, I don't think that like I think in Vegas, I think they they want to not use the NHL arena because it's a little small. I think they'd want to either. Well, what about the T-Mobile arena? The what? The T-Mobile arena. That's that's the where the Aces play. That's the same one as as the. The NHL. Is the hockey team yeah. use that too? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a really nice arena, but I think it's only like fifteen thousand. I don't know if that's a problem. Maybe not. I, I could be wrong. Makes it a good ticket. It does. It does make it a, a a a want to have, need to have kind of situation. So I think I think arenas and stadiums are suffering from way too big itis, and I think they if True. they trim these down, like in baseball, like people talk about Portland. If Portland had a, a twenty five. Oh, okay. You're, I would no. See, I'll go sub thirty. Yeah, oh, wow. make it 
make it appointment a viewing. great environment man yeah. like make it a party make it something that people really want to get into and it's tough to get into because you want you want a home field advantage and too many teams are like let's make it an 85,000 seat stadium it's like are you gonna get 85,000 people ever or is that too corporate but portland no no never but um yeah i i i i do want them to sell i i've i've made no qualms about that uh, I'm probably not making any friends at one center court with those statements, but I do want them to sell. Well, I don't know if I don't know if those people over there, if that bothers them that you say that. If it does, then I mean, I, I think the objectivity there is a little. It's there's a little lying going on. I think they understand what the situation is that that there's, they're waiting on certain things to fall before yeah. and I don't, they make that next the, move. I don't begrudge them for that. If I was in Jody Allen's position and I, I just didn't want to really do this and I was looking to maximize revenue because that's what you do in business, I would do the same thing. Say what you want about about how that you would view that, but I think that's kind of how things go is that you, you look to maximize those opportunities when they come across in life. So um, we'll get out of here on that. Thank you all very much. We appreciate you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, pre and post with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Blazers have a little homestand before they go out on a six-game road trip. By God, I hope they win a game. By God, I hope they win a game. I don't. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> like, my mind is like, just lose everything. Lose everything for the next 40 games. Get it done, get it over yeah. with. But my yep. heart is like, I can't take this losing with, like, I think I can take the losing more so if they make trades. Like, lose sure. with a different team. But I can't take the losing with this team anymore in the way that they're doing it. Yeah. It's it's, it's sapping a little bit of, of what little soul I have. <laughs> I'm going to start sending out more Happy New Year's tweets. Happy. <laughs> God. But like, rate, review, subscribe. Help uh, us grow the show. If you're watching here on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. Help us grow. Uh, we've got some cool stuff coming up that I'm really excited to share. Uh, we will have the watch parties for at least the next five games. So uh, we'll catch you guys there. Until then, find us on social media at Jack Ramsey's, at Danny Marink, at Brandon Sprague. For Brandon, I am Danny. We will catch you guys on Monday. Take care. Talk soon. Bye.